Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. We have um, a great question today. We're so glad that you are here to join us because this is a question that I think is very, very common Mm -hmm. for a lot of women, couples that um, are in their, I would say, like 40s when your kid's starting to get a little older and there's been, you've noticed that all of a sudden there's a, a... started with a small shift in your relationship and now that small shift has really shifted into a different area so yes so we are going to share that question with you but before we do that we actually require a special guest today to help us answer this really important question we need a professional expert (laughs) yes yes we're like you know for uh, assistance. We're in the life coaching realm. We're not really relationship realm, but we wanted to be able to help this caller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have invited back our friend and amazing expert, Dr. Michelle Muggy. Uh, if you haven't already, check her out on the episode that we did, episode number 33, Self-Care and Mental Wellness. And Dr. Muggy is a dual licensed clinical psychologist and professional counselor and owner of Serenity Foundations, which is a private practice in Phoenix, Arizona, and she specializes in this kind of thing with couples in relationships and really um, helping those who are struggling with getting back to True North. Yes, yes. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me on again. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we're going to go ahead and play that now. Hi, Gina Marie. Hi, Des. My name is Diana, and I live in Southern California. I've been married for 20 years, and we have one daughter together. Um, The past four or five years, she has struggled with significant depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder. Her recovery and treatment have been the sole focus of most of our time, all of our energy, and a ton of money. It's been an extremely long, very emotionally draining road, but we have really leaned on each other for strength and support, and our marriage has stayed strong. Though our daughter is still struggling, she is doing a little better. She's 18 now, but not healthy enough to move out or go to college. But she's more independent, so there's more time for us as a couple. So here's the situation. We've suddenly realized that we find ourselves feeling more like roommates that co-parent the same child rather than husband and wife. We love each other very much. It's not like we fight or anything, but we just seem to have lost that deep emotional as well as physical connection that we once had. So my question is this, how do you begin to find a path back to a deeper emotional connection with your partner? after you've been married for quite some time. 
Thanks a bunch. Wow. That's a very good question. And we know that she is not the only one out there with that question. So. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you start? Like here. So, so we're looking at this couple. They've been through a stress of, you know, this, you know, the, the urgent thing in your life that takes over the important, I say, you know, you've got those urgencies. The kids need that emergency, that urgent attention. And, but yet that relationship between you and your spouse is very important. Although that just takes a back seat. Uh, a back seat mm-hmm. to the blah of the situation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and on top of it, it's, I think being a parent as it is, is a challenge, right? But this is in particular, it sounds like it requires even more energy when you've got um, a teenager who is struggling through different things emotionally, it requires more attention. And therefore the attention between each other as a husband and wife in a partnership, um, just by the time you even maybe have a minute, you're probably too tired to tend to that. Well, I- and, then, and then she also said that there was financial strain Mm-hmm. So you, she might even be feeling like, you know, we didn't even feel like we could go out to dinner as a couple. You know, I mean, I don't know that whole situation, but right. that could be a factor as well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and this is a very common issue among a lot of couples where there is an ill child in the family and not just teenagers, but with younger children, if they were born with some type of disability um, or whether it's physical or um, psychological, there is going to be a lot of attention placed on the child versus on the couple. And so a lot of couples get into some sort of rut where, you know, like you said, they haven't been able to focus on each other. And when I see couples in situations like that, I really focus on trying to have them remember why, what, why were you together in the first place? What is it? What was that spark before? Um, and how do we, if not get to that place, then try to rekindle some of it. And so although they place their priorities on their child, which was needed Mm -hmm. because they were ill, um, now that she's getting better, she's more independent, the couple needs to now be a priority. So what's the first, so what's the first step? Hey, here I am. I'm wearing a nightie in the bedroom. Like, like <laughs> I mean, for a woman, they need to be warmed up. They can't just like Absolutely. jump into that, right? What, yeah. what are some techniques that they can use to remembering where they came yeah. from? Well, first of all, the physical um, connection is going to have to take a backseat because we now need to get in touch with the emotional connection, reconnecting once again. And so that's where the communication, I talk about communication a lot, and this is going to be very vital because all they probably ever talked about was how do we help our daughter? Mm -hmm. How do we make sure she doesn't... um, go back to her eating disorder or start getting into her depressed moods again. We need to focus on her. And so now it's time for them to start talking about their own stressors. How did the illness impact them personally and what they need from each other in order to start reconnecting? Yeah, I think that's that's so huge because the emotional aspect of 
communicating when it's been so one dimensional mm-hmm. is is like trying to go back into your repertoire of things that are also important, like the love for each other and just even the interests and the things that you enjoy together. I mean, it's it almost sounds like in situations like our caller that it's foreign and you're you're trying to bring this foreign thing back to the present so that you can embrace it again differently. Yeah. And and a lot of couples don't want to talk about it because they don't want to add any more stress or pressure on their partner. And so they start to withdraw and not discuss what's happening for them. Unfortunately, when they're holding all of that in, they're not going to be able to be present for their partner hundred percent because they're dealing with all that stuff inside of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that they allow each other to use each other as a sounding board so that they can feel a lot more connected. They can understand where their stressors are, what's going on inside of them, and then be able to support each other in that way. But if the other person is feeling stressed, the other partner isn't knowing what to do because they're not talking, then that's going to add even more stress in the relationship. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically taking this down to like, crayon format, right? You, you book a date, right? You book a date like this Tuesday, we're going to talk. And that first step would be just sit down and talk about what was your experience? And how did that affect you going through what we went through with our daughter? Right. Yeah. So, so just allowing each other to talk without trying to fix anything or without trying to, um, trying to make sure the other person isn't feeling that difficult emotion because oftentimes couples will say, Oh, don't feel that way. You shouldn't feel that way. Um, and and that just really, you really need to validate each other's emotions, whether or not that's you want to, everyone wants to try to make sure that someone's not hurting. And so they'll try to invalidate it, not in a way where you know, they're trying to put them down, but it's really uncomfortable to hear your spouse or your loved ones in pain. And so where parents would try to ease their child's emotions by saying you shouldn't feel that way or, you know, everything will be better. It it comes across as really invalidating. And so just honoring that this is how I, how they feel and then being open to what they need in the process. Okay. So this is the first step. How often should you, how long should you stay in this place? Just one night, just kind of get that out in the open. Is that something that you should do till you get to a certain point? That all depends on the relationship. Now with this couple, because there isn't um, any strain, significant strain in the relationship, they're just not um, connecting emotionally. I would probably tell them to spend 30 minutes to an hour the first time because you don't want to you don't want it to become overwhelming because you go over an hour it can be pretty overwhelming just sitting there talking constantly talking about this there needs to be a break and so with this type of couple I would probably suggest meeting um, once a week picking the same time same time same date and committing to it like an appointment Um, yeah and setting that as a priority 
And it doesn't have to be the same thing every single week. The point of checking in every week is just simply to check in. How was your week? What went well? What didn't go well? What do you need from me? And what are you grateful for for the week? I love that. It's it's opening a dialogue. And that connection is an intimacy, right? Because you're getting into feelings. And like you said, when you can acknowledge, even when those feelings are less than anything less than happy, it's a, a place of um, vulnerability and acceptance for right. whatever is, is happening in, in the moment and what's being processed. I love that. If you think about it, if you if you are able to be vulnerable with someone and express your deepest hurtful emotions without feeling like um, you shouldn't have it or you're being attacked, you're going to want to open up to that person even more. You're going to feel more secure. You're going to feel more connected. And when you feel that, then you start feeling that that love and that desire again, because you have this connection with someone that you don't have with other people. I think that's awesome. And then I, and I recommend not Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, if you're going to do a regular time with this. I do recommend, <laughs> like you said, an appointment, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, something like that, because on the weekends, other things get in the way. Hmm. And then it could be like, uh, okay, well, we have so-and-so's yep. birthday this weekend. Okay, well, we'll just push it out the next time. Well, we have this, you hmm. know, we have that, and that can get yeah. Put so to the you, it's it's not only setting out setting the time, but it's prioritizing the time, just right. like you would with other other important meetings or things. Is is making sure that this is a priority. I love that. Okay, yeah. so let's say this couple. I have no idea, but let's say this couple literally has not had any intimate relationship with each other for four years and going through all of this because of, you know, him maybe working overtime to, to take, you know, to get more money, financial financial, everything, the stress and everything. So now you're starting to feel the warm gushies. You're starting to feel a little bit more connected. The kid's still in the house. Because that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> what What would you recommend being like, okay, step two would be? If you're at a point where um, sex is on the table again, mm-hmm. um, and you have children in the home, there's really no privacy in the home. If you can't afford it, find a staycation, even if it's for one night. Make a whole, you know, date weekend or date night out of it. Um, and you know, do something fun, do something romantic to try to rekindle that. So, so, you, so cha- mean, yeah, changing the ambiance and the mm-hmm. environment changes the mood and and the direction of how things can go because you're not just staying in the, we're at home, trying to do right. this whole thing. Just And I think for women, like when you actually plan this kind of stuff and you think about that, it's it's a form of foreplay for us, right? Like, Absolutely. okay, on yeah. Friday we're gonna all be going. We're gonna be going out. Hmm. Maybe I'll treat myself to anything that makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Like a new, you know, a new yeah. night. Maybe you get or a whatever that day, and you, you know, right. just kind of. Or even, you know, if and I'm just going the extreme situation. If their finance 
financial situation is so extreme that they've, you know, she feels like she can't do that. Even do minimum, right? Painting your toenails or whatever. I think right. getting prepared for this is definitely mm-hmm. a, a sense of foreplay. The perfume, Absolutely. the makeup. Yeah. Any yeah. type of ritual that you would engage in for a date night, even if it's just taking a shower, blowing out your hair, putting on makeup, you don't have to get a professional service to do any of that. But it's that ritual where you know, oh, I'm going to make myself feel pretty. I'm going to feel clean. We're going to go out. And even if it's just a picnic because you can't afford a nice dinner um, or just going to the park if it's not 110 degrees outside. (laughs) Right. Um, Do it in the evening. Yeah. 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 And then now, now my wheels are going Ooh. because it's like, well, and then maybe you do things that you used to do. Like, oh my gosh, remember when we used to do picnics like this or, you know, something it's, it's maybe a little sentimental or something sweet because those, that's the, brings you back, you know, or maybe you play that, this, this is great. When you play the song, oh, do you remember that song? Yes. Remember that yes. time? And it's, it's like. So that's, that's a oh. great, that's a great kind of um, tool to use. Think about going through all of your senses, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the sight, like maybe pull out some old pictures of the two of you oh. and, and, and the sounds and wear the perfume that you wore, mm. the smell and, right. and hold hands, right? Oh, definitely hold hands. Any type of physical connection. It doesn't have to be sexual. It's just getting that connection. Is, is so so important Get that especially oxytocin holding going. hands yeah because yeah. yeah. if, if you th- if you think about holding hands you hold hands with your parents very differently you hold hands with your children very differently or even your friends when it's a couple there is a different type of connection there with simply holding hands and if you can get that then it can it's like a step board to other things yeah, but there has to be that connection there. That's beautiful. beautiful. I love that. Oh, so it's so sweet. You have a voice and a message, but it can be hard to raise your voice above the noise. So, how do you reach your audience and inspire them to take action? How do you increase your influence, grow your network, and drive engagement? Podcasting is a powerful way to build a connection with your audience and turn that crowd into a community. But where do you start? Rockwood Audio works with entrepreneurs and businesses to design and craft high-quality, smart content that fits your brand like a glove. Rockwood's podcast launch package includes one-to-one coaching and development, strategic and technical support, audio and visual branding, broadcast quality editing and production, and even distribution and setup. They'll get you from idea to iTunes in half the time with a great sounding show that your audience will love. They even wrote the theme music for this show. And Rockwood's subscription editing, production and publishing services takes away the hassle so you can focus on what's important. For a free consultation, go to rockwoodaudio.com. That's R-O-K-K-Wood.com. Rockwood Audio, brand out loud, the world is listening. So I invented this card game. Okay. Well, I didn't invent the card game, but I invented it. You took it to the next level. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's called Spider Malice. 
And did you come up with that name too? No, <laughs> you can look it up on the internet. The the, there's another name that? for it. There's another name for it. It's not Skippo, but there's another card game that anyhow. So this the whole idea is that each person gets a pile of cards. And the, the object of the game is to get rid of the pile through through taking turns, right? Okay. And sometimes the opportunity allows you to, to be able to get th- three cards in one round out. Sometimes it's one, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what I invented was every time you flip over a card, in that round, you get 30 seconds of whatever you want. So you have to communicate. So like my round, I would like, okay, I was able to use this card, this card, and this card. So that's three cards. That's a minute and a half. I want a minute and a half of you rubbing my shoulders and start communicating like um, or just a minute and a half of just making out. I mean, how many couples stop making out? Mm. Yeah. And a minute and a half can be pretty long for a makeout session. And what's so cool about it is then you set a timer and you stop. Mm-hmm. And then it's their it's like, turn. <gasps> The build and, up, and I, I did this. I did this with with my late husband, and we would go through the cards, and it was it was really a great way of communicating because I think sometimes couples getting in ruts, they don't they don't communicate about what they want. They're afraid to tell their spouse what they want. It's kind of awkward, mm-hmm. but it's such a turn on to say. You know, to be I want that you, honest, I want you to nibble on my neck and you could be real specific. And even saying that gets you like, oh, whoo, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, so having some. So when I'm thinking of you saying this, you know, communication is the best lubrication, right? Hey. Like, yeah, that is that's where it's at being able to talk. And the more that you can talk, the deeper you get. Right. And then the feels. Yeah. Come, well, and right? that's the beauty of it. It's because it's the depth. So if you're following this process, Diana, it's that, you know, you start with the, these check-ins and you build that connection organically. You're trying to yeah. create this organic connection, getting to a place of, okay, we're, we're comfortable with this communication and sharing our feelings. And then you take it to this level where you're changing the scenery, having a date and being able to get to a level of depth that just hasn't been sparked for a while. You know, and I think that that can be such a special, special experience. Yeah. And and the communication doesn't always have to be so heavy. Like you were saying, it can be playful because isn't isn't that how you were when you were dating? Everything was so playful and fun and new. So getting back to that place, I I had a couple once who were talking about how they were when they were first dating. They were so cute doing all these little cute things for each other. And I said, get back to that. Just start mm-hmm. off with all those cute little things that you used to do that we take for granted. The and, love notes, the yeah. nicknames. You know what else I think um, can 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 help with that is double dates. When my husband and I would go on our dates, oftentimes our dates would end up being, okay, pull out your calendar. What does Lisette have going on this week? What does Sienna have going on this week? What does Kimmy have going on? This? And we were just, it was like, a you know, we were a boardroom. You know, it wasn't very romantic when you're a couple. And it's like, this is the time that we need to talk about. Are we going to renew that life insurance policy? I mean, it's not real sexy stuff, right? right. 
So I had a girlfriend um, say that she liked going on double dates because when you're on a double date, you're not going to be pulling out your schedule. You're not going to be pulling out your calendar. And what ends up happening is you end up reminiscing. And it's an opportunity to tell stories about how you first met and bring that back again. That just kind of naturally happens. So we'd get together and, you know, first time double date with somebody else to be like, how did the two of you meet? And then you start talking about how, you know, you met and the feels start coming back and you start reminiscing. And it's it was a great way to be able to share those things that you wouldn't necessarily say to each other. Hmm. Remember when we first started dating? Yeah, that was awesome. You know, but when you're telling somebody else, well... We were at Marine World and, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, we're hearing right. it for the first time right. and, and they're reliving it and he's telling his side and she's telling her side and it's it yeah. can be a real great way to connect as well. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if it's an, another fun couple who who are also into each other that can really reinforce that desire to just reconnect and yeah. be with each other. Yep. I think so. Okay, so we've given great examples of what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, first, you're going to just talk about things and create a safe place for your for your person to be able to come to you and listen, not solve them. Just kind of bring everything to the surface and be there for each other. And then we're going to start to connect and slowly and we're going to intentionally schedule a date so that we can be together. What could go wrong here so that we can be proactive? What are some of the things that somebody should stay away from? Or, you know, I'm just trying to think of pitfalls that you could fall in. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the main thing is not following through. So you put it on the calendar and then something else happens and comes up to disrupt it. I see that quite a bit, not only with couples, but individuals as well. There's always an excuse as to why they couldn't follow through on what they had planned. And when that happens, you you know, it's a message to the couple that it's not a priority. It's not as important as everything else. And what they need to keep in mind is that the couple needs to be the main priority, even, and I hate to say it's going it can come out very wrong for a lot of people, but it is even more of a priority than the children, because this is their role models as to how relationships are formed, how they're maintained. And if your sole focus is on work, um, money, children, then that's the message you send to the kids as well that everything else is a lot more important than the couple. And so they enter relationships that way. And we tend to forget about that. Yeah, your That's role good modeling. To know. So, so um, what are some of the things that somebody could do to, well, first of all, I think knowing how important this is and you just saying that right there, I think would help That's somebody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe having an accountability partner. Yeah, well, and also, isn't there, I mean, their daughter is old enough. Would you also say that you would say that to your daughter, like in this situation where, hey, mom and dad are, I don't know, having date night once a week? I mean, I don't know exactly what the what the plan is or, I mean, 
do you communicate it to if your children are old enough so they actually see mom and dad are prioritizing each other and they're doing this stuff so they can understand that sacredness? Not to say like never call us or interrupt us, you know, because I I mean, sometimes things come up, but maybe if they can see too, then it's also more, there's more awareness for the parties that need to be aware. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily needs to be announced, um, but because they will notice yeah. Um, and, and that's something um, my son had noticed that my husband and I were reconnecting a lot more. And so they will inherently, they will see that yeah. there is a change in the relationship. And then at that point, you can, you can certainly tell them, yeah, we're making ourselves a priority. We are working on our relationship. You know, we're trying to strengthen that. And so if you see us out and we're not answering, it's because dad and I are having a date night. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's important, then you let us know it's an emergency. But otherwise, if it's not, then, you know, there are other people that you can call or we can wait until we get home to talk about what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Let's say this. Let's say the child that's been used to having all this attention. What if she pulls, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Focus back on me. And all of a sudden has a crisis in that time. What, what, what could you do to be proactive anticipating that that could happen? Set up a plan. And so if you know that's going to happen, set up a plan for that child that if this happens, these are the procedures that we're going to follow. Um, anytime a child is having a crisis, you don't want to ignore it because you don't know if it's actually real or not, especially if they're claiming self-harm or any suicidal ideation. Yes, it is a cry for attention, but it is something that we have to pay attention to because you never know if they're going to follow through. And so making sure that that's addressed, um, again, creating a plan ahead of time with the child. And if all of that isn't working, then you need some professional help to make sure that the child is getting what they need. Um, You have a moderator to figure out what exactly is going on with them. But if you can set that plan in place and they follow it, there you go. So you're be proactive about it. Yeah. Yeah. And be open with them. You know, if, if this is something that's happening, we need to make sure that, you know, you're getting what you need, but you you need to make sure that it's not just because you're feeling lonely without us because we're not paying attention to you. So you can be upfront about that um, so that they have a voice as to what's going on inside of them. Cause sometimes they don't even know that's what they're doing. I think, I think that's huge. You know, whenever I brought my children into a situation, I always trained them ahead of time. Even if it was mm-hmm. like going into a birthday party, I would say, okay, this is how much cake you can have. This is where I want you to sit while they're opening the gifts. I don't, you know, you can think of something productive to do if you don't know what to do with your hands. Put away the gift wrap. Like I would plant these seeds ahead of time and literally pretend to have birthday parties in our living room so my children knew how to behave in those situations. And I think that there's... You did simulations? I did. I did. I did. I'd say, go grab, go... Each one of the kids would put like a random toy in a gift bag and we would talk about how to thank somebody for a gift and and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Like I, I broke that down so that my kids were well behaved. Mm-hmm. And and I think that when when you train them and you say something ahead of time, you can be proactive. Like you said, I love that. Like, 
Um, okay, sweetie, we, you know, I just want to let you know, I, I would, I'm thinking in my situation, or, you know, if that were me, I would say, okay, are you feeling okay today? Yes. Do you need anything from me? Mm-hmm. No. Or if you do, okay, what do you need? What can I give you? Okay, now that we've done that, so you've gotten this, you've gotten that, you've done this, you know, and ask all the questions in a question form. So that they're telling me themselves, yes, I'm okay. Yes, I've got everything I need. So there's no need for you to be calling while we're gone, right? Right. Can you think of anything? I mean, when we go on date night, we tell the girls, fire, flood, or blood. Fire, flood, or blood, you can call. Other than that, we're gone. You have other sisters that you can ask things. They're in charge. And whatever the decisions, we put them in charge. Whatever decisions they make are their decisions. And... And and just give them that. And then they know. You set that tone and you tell them. We're yeah. still trying and- to get them to understand that flood does not mean can my friend spend the night. But. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the most important piece with this is consistency. Because if you're doing it every once in a while, you're letting them get away with it every once in a while, you've set the precedence. They're going to test it out. And so the more consistent you are, the more secure they're going to feel because they know what to expect. And kids oftentimes will act out because they don't know what's going on. Well, you know, you said consistency because that had me thinking, you know, we're talking through these steps and these are really good. I'm thinking about sustainability of this. And that's that's where I think, you know, it comes back around to what we started with, which is intention. So if mm-hmm. you create and you start this reconnection with intention and this is something that you can stabilize for the long term, it's like, let's get back to this place where we're doing weekly check-ins, where we have date night where we've got, you know, this commitment and essentially that's what it is, right? Because you've made a commitment to this person to have life together and a child together. Um, But it's more meaningful when you're connected. So I think that's an important part of it is how do we sustain this and almost like making a recommitment to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you can talk about everything and you can reconnect, but if you're not making it consistent, you can fall into that rut again because you get very comfortable with it being just leveled. Right. And so if you want to rekindle a spark, you're going to want to continue to do that once in a while. You don't want to continue doing the same thing over and over again. How do you change things up to make it fun, to make our relationship interesting? Not the way it was necessarily when you were dating, because we're, we all evolve, we all grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make sure that you know you, you maintain some of the spark do something a little bit different. Is there a fantasy that you've always wanted to do? Is there a place you've always wanted to go to? Something new and something refreshing just to make sure, again, you don't get back into that rut. Yes. Have you heard of the New York Times posted an article about... The 36 questions? Is it 36 questions or 32 questions that you can ask to get somebody to fall in love with you? Um, That's how you fell in love with me. Oh, that's right. Asking me all those questions. <laughs> so so they're questions that are not just like, I used to actually use these when I was dating. Instead of asking, so what are your hobbies? 
what what's your favorite color and of course with your husband you already know their hobbies and stuff like that but these are some really good questions to ask on on a date night for communication um giving a chance who in the world would you want to have as a dinner guest um would you like to be famous and in what way before making a telephone call do you rehearse what you're going to say and why um when was the last time you cried what's the perfect day for you when was the last time you sang to yourself? It's just kind of cool dialogue that gets you kind of deeper into, you know, who you are that you may never even ask Might learn or something don't even new. Think. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get, like yeah. you said, you know, trying something new. Sometimes you have to get creative, right? And mm-hmm. that's a nice way to break the ice. Maybe they just need, people need you on dates. So you could pop out and give them ideas there when, you when, go. It's, when it gets dull. You know, I, I wanted to start a service. Because I'm really creative with things. Right. And I told, I told my girlfriends, I was like, you know, I think this was way back when I was younger with young kids. And I said, you know what? I have so many of my girlfriends complain that their husbands don't plan dates and don't know how to plan things. And I said, I should start a service where hmm. husbands can come to me and I could show them ideas like you know, get a little profile of the of the woman and then like create dates for him and be like a service, you know, and and they're like, yeah, no, we don't want you talking to our husbands about dates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm like, OK, I'll let you guys do that yourself. No, that's <laughs> funny. Well, there's that's there's a lot of games out there for couples now. So and even games where they just it's just table talk. So I I have one of those cubes and they have all these different questions that you can you can ask each other just to start that communication. And then there there are different services similar to that where they do actually create dates. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can put in like a price, a price Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. and and go online and and yeah, do that. We have those uh, table cards with different questions. And we actually did this when Landon and Simone came over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really fun because they got to say out loud, like one of the questions was, what's your favorite trait about your spouse? And Landon said that his favorite trait about Simone was she's got a social, she's a socialite superpower. He said, when I take her into parties or social situations, I don't have to worry about her. She doesn't cling by my side. Like she goes out and meets people. And I thought that was really cute. Out of all of the traits that she was, that was one of the things that he found most endearing. And he was able to not only say that back to her, but say that in front of Wes and I. Yeah. So we could get to know who they were as a couple, which was really cool. That's really sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So many creative things. Hopefully this has yeah. been helpful. Yeah. For Diana. Well, I think I think we I think we covered all the bases. Yeah. Well, and and I think this is just great because hopefully it's it it will help many people who it, again like you said it's common after being together for so long sometimes you just need um to rekindle, reignite, you know, get a little jump start, a little pep back in your step and you can um really just get back to the connectedness that makes a, the couple so special and unique. And again, the nice thing about um, this couple is that they're still wanting to rekindle that, that they're trying to make an effort um, for 
those that I have seen, that's not always the case where one cup, one partner isn't as invested as the other, or there have been a lot of other um, issues involved where they're arguing all the time. Um, They're on the brink of divorce. And so she, this is a fortunate case where they're not there. They just want to rekindle the spark um, and just reconnect emotionally. So there's a lot of hope for this caller for others that have tried everything. It is important that that next step is to reach out to a professional, whether it's a therapist or even a coach can help them Mm -hmm. and just, you know, get some more support and get that um, different perspective um, in order to maintain the relationship and help it grow. And dig in a little deeper. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful that you came today. Speaking of grateful, yes, we're gonna. This is the time, and we would love to have you join us, Michelle, where we do our gratitude Gratitude attitude. I love this part of our episodes and being able to share that with Michelle today. So, you know, in thinking about this, obviously, we're very thankful for you to come and help us today. But I've actually been reflecting on this a little bit. Um, I'm really, really grateful for our network of support that we've built, you know, from the inception of Blissful Fortitude, um, from our podcast, Bliss Beyond Fear. We've just had a very uh, incredible organic connection and network that has formed that everyone is just also committed to the kinds of things that we are, of just bringing community together and uplifting each other, especially in a time where things are a little crazy out there, and, and just figuring out how we can support each other through through anything, you know, d- whether it's difficult times or maybe it's just collaborating um, and just figuring out how to take things from good to great. I've just felt very blessed for our network. So that's what I'm grateful for. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I am grateful for our date nights. Um, we mm. Last night was Wednesday night. We do our date nights on Wednesday nights. And I am so grateful that Wes is very in tune with me and he will say to me, you're off. He says, I study people, I study patterns and behaviors and I can tell something's off with you. And he showed up in such a sweet way, finding things that are very personal to me and was just totally serving of me he, he was like he knows that um, you know I have a personal relationship with Jesus and I love that that's my relationship it's not his is a different relationship with with Jesus and <laughs> but he was like he knew that that was important to me so he's like I'd like to hear um, your your favorite scripture so I read I, he was open enough and secure enough with himself that that he could let me express that and that was that was Totally selfless for wow. him. And when and when somebody comes to you so selfless like that, you just want to give to them. That's it's incredible. It's a beautiful circle. So that's what I am grateful for. I'm grateful that he's in tune to my needs. I love that. Yeah. What are you grateful for, Michelle? Well, actually, as I'm thinking, there are two things that I'm really grateful for today. Um, to you ladies for allowing me to talk 
about the things that I'm passionate about. I don't always get to do this. And so whenever you ask me to come on, I'm like, yes, yes, let's talk. <laughs> I love it. Um, and two, for um, my husband who has allowed himself to become more vulnerable with me, which in turn allows me to be vulnerable with him. Um, we've had to go through our own journey um, after 25 years of marriage. You know, we've had our struggles and he has been so open and willing to go through his stuff that we have gotten a lot closer than even when we were dating. So I'm so grateful for him for going through this journey as difficult as it was for him. He he did it for us. So and that's why I'm so passionate with working with couples now, because I know what that's like. Yeah. You know what it takes. Yeah, yeah. And how mm -hmm. fulfilling it is to, to help somebody through that yeah, personally, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. To get even that's better great and better. That you guys are both a safe place for each other. That's oh. uh, beautiful. Well, we certainly hope that you've been inspired. This has been such a today. juicy, wonderful, juicing episode. It I has. love it. I love it so much. And and I know that this is going to be helpful to our caller. Absolutely. And, and for so many other listeners that are out there. Shout out to Rockwood Audio. Yes. Man, you rock. We thank you for uh, making our podcast and making something like this long distance come together like you do mm -hmm. with a great high quality. And we are thankful for you who listen and come back week after week and share with us your feedback. It means a great deal to us. And so if you haven't already, if you're somebody who's listening for the first time, we would love for you to subscribe. And we always appreciate when folks rate and review. So we know what we can continue bringing you to continue making our show better and better. So that's right. And with that... May your faith be greater than your fears. And remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast.